0: Back on Matadors pregame, Eddie Corneo, the head coach of the Matadors joins us. Game two of the series against Cal State Fullerton. Because the old Mike Tyson quote is that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You guys threw the first punch yesterday, a big six run second inning. Good win on a Friday.
1: Yeah, it was a good win. I think the guys came focused and prepared. And, um, you know, Brownie pounded the zone early and we had some
0: momentum and we kind of carried it through to the later innings. Uh, we talked a little bit about Xavier yesterday, and going back to last year, you know, Coach Serrano had a lot of faith in him as a freshman. I think he led the team in appearances. You've shown a lot of faith in him. I guess what you're going to tell me is he's earned that faith. How has he done that, Coach?
1: Uh, he's just been very consistent. He's He throws a lot of strikes. He He's unique in, in a sense to where a lot of relievers don't throw three pitches for strikes, um, and he has the ability to do that. Uh, so, you know, I think... He, his style works well with
0: with Elliot Surrey's pitch calling style and Dave's
1: style. You know, there I think they're pretty
0: similar. Um, all right. Obviously, they put that in the back pocket. You want on Friday, Saturday, today. Uh, John Mockerman gave you five solid against Cal Poly, and I'm guessing that's why he gets the nod today for you. Uh, what does he bring? What did you guys like about him when you bought him here? You mean as far as the recruiting goes? I mean, yeah. It seems like I mean stuff wise, I, I see the stuff, but looks like he just really is one of those guys that competes.
1: Yeah, he's shown his ability to be consistent, um, you know, he's had to, to grow up, you know, he's got a family and and has to be uber focused in everything that he does. I think he's learned a lot about his body, how to grow his body, stay in shape, um, how to reach swings, you know, he's he has gotten a lot better. He's a redshirt freshman, mm-hmm. um, you know, he fell victim to COVID and didn't get a chance to have a lot of experience, but I like the athleticism. The left-handed arm is quick, and we, we were in need
0: of left-handed pitching. So, um, you know, for me, it didn't really take long to make a decision to go get him. You know, I think sometimes when you're having a good year like you guys are having, it makes gives everybody a little more confidence from the players to the coaches. And, you know, we've joked about it, but it seems like when you make a personnel decision, it tends to work out for you. Can you talk me through what went into the decision for Nathan Barraza to play out in right field yesterday? Because I thought he did a, a great job out there.
1: Well, we looked at um, how our offensive players have been playing the previous 10 games. You know, we're sometimes limited with our ability to get a lot of analytics and stats. And so the ones that are readily available to us are stats within conference and overall. But I like seeing where the trends are and, and Nathan Barraza is one of our leading hitters um, within the last 10 games, him and Andrew Soika. So, uh, you know, we're just kind of playing the hot hand and. And that's why he got the nod in right field. And he's been practicing there all year. So we trusted him on defense and we wanted to keep that bat in the lineup. We wanted to keep Joey and Mason. So, you know, I told the guys yesterday after the game, you're making it really hard for me to make a lineup and that's a good problem to have. But, um, you know, it takes me some time. What do you think has turned it around for Slaker? Um, It's hard to say, you know, I think early on he was putting a lot of pressure on himself He's hitting in the leadoff spot, which is where he hit most of last year. Maybe that's it, you know? It's hard to pinpoint one or two things. He's comfortable, um, he's been swinging it well in batting practice. I don't think he's necessarily looking too far into the future anymore, because he learned that doesn't work. Um, and, you know, he's just putting quality at bats together. We, we keep a quality at bat chart in the dugout and we monitor that and we kind of make a lot of our decisions based off of that. I think it'd be unfair to, to strictly go off of hits.
0: And then, uh from a pitching standpoint, I mean, you had a you know kind of the A game yesterday. Lucas just handed it to Xavier. I know Braden had a little bit of a hiccup in between. I'm guessing you're going to close with some combination of Cody and Josh tonight. If you need to find an inning or two in between, what are you thinking, or is that something that'll come as a feel game time?
1: Yeah, it'll be a, a feel game time thing. You know, Braden Haraki's been re- really good for us this year, even in short stints. I'd like to think that part of his struggles yesterday was because he threw on Tuesday and maybe isn't accustomed to, to coming back on two, day, two or three days rest. Um, so I, I'm not sure, I, I'd, I asked him today if he's ready to go because anytime someone struggles, I like getting them back out there just to see if they can work it out. Um, but you know, Ryan Dominguez is available. He's another left-handed reliever. Uh, I still have um, Hayden Cody, like you said. Hayden Cody also pitched on Tuesday. We've been using him a lot. I tried not to use him yesterday, just to avoid wearing him out. Um, But the ideal scenario yesterday would have been to go to Hayden Cody early, right after Braun, and then if we needed to uh, extend him or go to Romero to close. And then Xavier's been pretty solid for us in long relief appearances, you know, two or three innings. He would have been good to back up Mockerman today because Mockerman hasn't really been extended past five innings. But um, based off of where the game was yesterday, uh, the way Hayden Cody was feeling, we just thought we'd try to to seal it with X.
0: And then the last thing for me, uh, uh, we talked before the season, and you were really high on Grayson, and he's obviously made a lot of growth. The numbers bear it out. Uh, How hard is it? I mean, he didn't play his first year. Did that help him kind of sitting and watching? Did that help him mature a little bit?
1: I think so. His first year was our COVID year. Remember, we didn't have a fall where we couldn't practice. All we did was Zoom at six o'clock in the morning just to try and create some discipline into the guys. And then when one person was late to the 6 a.m. Zoom, we would have it on the weekends just to kind of put some pressure on them. And when we came back in January, they finally let us back on campus and and we had to cancel all of our non-conference games. Grayson hurt himself on the second day of practice. He, he was diving for a ball. Back then he was he was a, a catcher and an infielder and so when he dove for a ball he separated his shoulder and it was just kind of a, a year I think for him to, to grow up and hit the weight room as hard as he could and um, I think it benefited him in year two. He had an opportunity to to play at UCLA when we were up some runs and we were really impressed with his poise as a, as a first year catcher and how he handled the staff and We just kept giving him opportunities and he maximized them and, you know, here we are. But he's, uh, you know, he's proven himself to be a pretty advanced thinker of the game. He's always learning and, you know, he's always trying to help the guy next to him. All right, Coach, thanks. Good luck. You're welcome. Thank you. Eddie Cornell, back after this.